Hello and welcome to YFS Radio. Today, Ross Sanderson speaks to Fergus Storia from Showcase the Street following the news that the organisation has been successful in their bid teller community asset transfer at Seaton Park in Arbroath. Over to you, Ross. I just wanted to ask, firstly, uh, what does it mean to be part of the UK's first ever community facility built entirely from recycled building materials? I mean, that's that's quite an incredible feat. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it actually comes on the back, I guess, of a, um, a meeting we were invited to probably about a year ago now. In fact, it was literally the week before the country locked down. Um, mm-hmm. It was down in, it was down in uh, Hamilton, just outside Glasgow, and it was at a, a place called the Scottish Construction Innovation Centre. And um, yeah. it was a discussion that uh, was with ourselves, um, Zero Waste Scotland, who are one of the government bodies, and uh, an organisation called the Chaffinch Trust, who, yeah. the head patron of whom is Princess Anne. And, Princess uh, Anne, yeah. yeah. And the idea was that they were looking for a charity, so I run Showcase the Street, which is the, which is the charity in this, um, to develop a, a, exactly what you've described there, a building that's in the main, built from recycled building materials and low carbon materials. Um, yeah. And we'd kind of almost create a, you know, a kind of showpiece. So for us, it was great to have that conversation, but we already had a kind of potential venue in mind. And we're all about accessibility to sport and the arts and technology as well. So it kind of merged well for us. So for us, it was great to have that initial conversation. Of course, yeah. Uh, you mentioned there the the two charities, so Chaffinch Trust and um, Zero Waste Scotland there. How, yes. how influential have they been in, in getting this across the line? I mean, it must, that's two fantastic charities to have on your side. Yeah, so Zero Waste Scotland aren't so much the charity as the government body yeah. that um, will have on the remit about the whole area around the environment without getting into the technical aspects of it. Um, and, and obviously, because they're a government body, um, they then putting their weight uh, not just uh, through the charity, but also because they've added expertise to it and uh, guided us really through this uh, has been great. Um, you know, that's something that you can't really buy. And they've actually given an initial investment to do the feasibility study, which is sometimes the hardest thing to get things okay, off yeah. the ground. So they gave us, you know, quite a substantial amount of money to do that. And that's just coming to an end shortly. And what that does is it 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 looks at the building and how it can be built, essentially, from all these different materials. Um, and then the Chaffinch Trust, which is a charity, uh, they, they're not... Uh, a stereotypical funder in as much as they would give you money. What they're doing is they're lending their support and their help and bringing people on board. So having somebody like Princess Anne at the back of that is a huge thing because obviously, you know, she has, you know, has such a wide reach in all the charity things that she's done over the years. Uh, So yeah, having the two of them has been great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alongside it being the first, um, Recycled building materials facility. It's also going to be Arbroath's full first full size three G pitch. Yeah, um, that that is again another amazing thing for the community. Would you not say? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I I grew up in Arbroath, so that's you know that's where my interest is. Um, I stay up in Dundee now, but um, I was schooled in Arbroath, 
and uh, grew up in the town. Um, so I've kind of seen it going through all the stages. It has, you know, from a, a great fishing town, a great engineering town, yeah. to now not having those same kind of industries there that they had when I grew up. So, and also where the site of the, you know, where the site of the facility is going to be. Not only is it on an old juniors football ground where Arbroath, yeah. is, uh, Arbroath Social Club used to play, or uh, ASC as they were called, who were a, quite a prominent junior team in their day. Um, yeah. It also sits next to an area which has got extreme poverty and health inequalities. So it's yeah. literally across the road, you know. Um, so taking all those things into account, it's just going to be a fantastic location for something so unique as well. But the pitch, yeah, really important to the town. Population of about 28,000. No current 3G facility there, but lots of great football teams. And of course, yeah. the club itself there, at Arbor Football Club, world record holders. And um, I've just set up their own community trust, which is now a charity. So we're also mm-hmm. working with them as well. Um, so the whole thing has been a great kind of partnership model. Yeah. Uh, as, as you said, amazing, amazing community that it is. You've already helped you know, thousands of young people be included in, in positive activity through Showcase the Street. Yeah. This, this facility must just be another huge step into helping thousands more. Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously the history of Showcase the Street started with dance, actually. It was a, a yeah, young exactly. people who just wanted to get involved in dance uh, in our broke and has expanded out to many other areas. Um, but you know, 2014, we took on two, and now we've got three warehouse units. And uh, Dundee, again, sits in quite a difficult area. Dundee sits on a street with the highest child poverty rates in the UK, actually. And um, within those warehouse units, we've got two indoor 3G pitches. Um, we've got an indoor roller hockey surface, which can also be used for futsal. Wow. Um, in fact, uh, I think it was at 2017, I think, there was an under-21s tournament in Dundee for futsal, and both Brazil and Australia actually trained on that surface. Um, wow. We've also got two indoor, uh, well, not two, we've got two uh, dance studios there that are used for other things. And so in 2018, we, op- we opened up a, a VR centre, so the virtual headset centre, which has grown as well. Um, so that type of template, if you take away the roller hockey, because that's a little bit more difficult, mm-hmm. um, that's a similar sort of template that we're looking at in our growth, albeit the football pitches will be outside and it'll be a full-size pitch. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fantastic. Um, touching on that, the, the facility as a whole, I've read, will, will contain other things aside from aside from the sport, you know, your your meeting rooms, another VR room, I think, if I'm right in saying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, there'll be a VR centre uh, contained in there. There'll be training rooms as well. Yeah. And um, one of the other parts of it is that, you know, if you look at the kind of modern industries that are coming our way, one of them is definitely in the renewable sector and one of them is definitely in the tech sector. Um, mm-hmm. And that isn't just about gaming, you know, that's about cyber, the cyber security, everything, really. Um, yes. So we're also going to use that as a training hub as well, and work mm-hmm. with other partners and agents uh, as well. So when so when young people come into that building, there'll be so many different types of activity to do. Um, exactly. As yeah. well as the football. No, that uh, when I read, I thought including all those things, it, it, it truly makes it community wide inclusive. You know, you don't yeah. have to be a keen sportsman or sportswoman. It, it no. is really going to be about the community as a whole. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, touching on the community, uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, some of the figures that 
that area the area has struggled with um healthcare wise or um as Scotland as a whole it was 10% most deprived area um this facility must just be a huge boost and and in a way a huge relief for the area you know it's it's going to be massive in helping those kind of things yeah and i think that, you know if you look at the yacht the last year which we've all had in focus pretty much one of mm. the things that people maybe haven't appreciated is that the most infections and the most deaths and the most knock-on effect you know the kind of damage of unemployment education all those other factors that have come into to lockdowns essentially which we're all starting to learn about now mental health and everything else those factors have been at their highest in areas of poverty so yeah um you know that's that's just a, a, a an unfortunate statistic but all the current problems that existed there have now been magnified times 10 so you know, long-term on uh, generational unemployment has just got worse. You know, health inequalities have just got worse. Um, attainment in schools, particularly for young people who don't have the support networks that others might have when they're trying to do homeschooling, uh, have all got worse. So the fact that out of all this kind of really bad things, something's emerging for them um, is really good. And I think it, you know, it kind of showed that. We did a Facebook post and um, one of the things we had to do was get a community asset transfer um, for the park from the local authority, which we've done. And yeah. we put a post up on Facebook just basically saying, you know, we've done this, here's the plans. And it's probably the most hits we've ever had and the most comments we've ever had on any Facebook post for about 30, well, not 13 years, but 13 years of our history. You know, we've yeah. been using social media. This was by far and away the biggest one. And interestingly, the architects that were involved in it, you know, they were saying if they put architects' plans up, they normally get about, you know, 50 or 60 hits. They've had over, they've had near 2,000 hits alone wow. in this particular area. So there's a massive interest, um, not just in our growth, but all over the world, really, about mm-hmm. this kind of unique approach. Um, so it's great, you know, for us, it's great because it, the bottom line for us is we want to get a building for our growth that's that's going to meet a number of needs. And for the football teams, they want to get a pitch. And we're, we're going to get both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, you mentioned everything about lockdown and the the year that, well, everyone has had. Yeah. Um, it's just been crazy, to to put it bluntly. Um, how, how has lockdown and the whole situation has it hindered this process in any way has it maybe it's helped i don't know i think strangely and weirdly because obviously we now all meet on virtual streams or zoom or teams or whatever it happens to be that actually to make connections to people has been simpler because we've kind of gone away from the driving two hours to go to a meeting yeah to actually and don't get me wrong i and you know i I think this is all right in context, but I'd rather be meeting somebody for a coffee and having a chat with them. Of course, yeah. Um, I think for some of that, it's made it easier. And interestingly, as somebody said to us, you know, this has been less than a year when we had that initial conversation. Yeah. We've gone from a planning application, which has been approved, the community asset transfer has been approved, and now we're looking at the funding strategy, you know, and then that's it. The building starts to get built, and that's you know that that's been in less than a year with nobody meeting up, so it mm-hmm. is achievable. 
and it, you know, again, it sets another thought process in place. You know that sometimes the virtual world can be actually quite a, a positive thing. No, definitely. I think the uh, the availability of everyone at such short notice or so easily as made, as you say, has made it just you yeah. you can get things over the line quicker because you're not doing that visiting, you're not traveling, you're not you know you you've got that instant connection there. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think you know it, it's. It's kind of it's it's growing our exposure as well as into you know people are now coming to us that probably wouldn't have heard of this project previously and are coming mm. to us and asking us what they can do to help. So that's been really good. And you know, to give you an example of that, uh, this Saturday morning actually, I'll give you a plug here. But this Saturday morning, there's a program on CBBC, uh, yeah. which is called Match of the Day Kickabout. You know, it's it's obviously okay. a kids' version of Match of the Day. We're yeah. on it. We're on it alongside um, Spurs and Forest Green Rovers talking about sustainability in sport. Um, now, when did we ever have got the opportunity to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and on a normal given day in everybody's busy lives. So, but I keep going back to the fact what it's done is it's, it's put us through a really difficult time for everybody. Let's, you know, let's not underestimate it from the virus to the collateral damage of lockdown. Um, it's all put us under pressure, but now it's as we start to come out the other end of it, um, and kids start going back to football and stuff. People can start looking at that park now, and think as they start to see things move forward, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. You know? No, definitely, definitely. No, that's that's incredible about the the CBBs. How how did that come about? Did someone um, get in contact with you? Well, interestingly, we were offered some uh, funding by uh, Youth Youth Link Scotland to do some because we do a lot of projects as well around sport and you know a kind of social impact as well. So they'd asked us if we could use some money to tackle, um, I think it was social social isolation and wellbeing for young people. Um, and we've done a lot of work over the years with John Farnworth, who yes. is one of the hosts, but he's also known as well for his football freestyling and these world records and mm-hmm. these incredible things he does um, you know going across the Sahara going up Everest I think he did a, a marathon keeping a ball up for 26 miles um, and he we'd actually been speaking to him about doing a project up in Arbroath um, yeah. alongside Arbroath FC uh, community trust as well to just uh, engage young people but it would have to be done virtually still because it's it's got to be done this month and that's where we were having the chat and then we spoke about the building and John said, well, listen, we're doing this article. I'll run it past the BBC. And they've come back and said, yeah, let's do it. So I'm actually just off the bat of the interview with them um, just speaking a little bit about the project for the, you know, the younger viewers. So again, it's that, you know, it's that whole profile of um, sport and social impact and the difference it makes. Yeah, yeah. no, that's incredible. That's surely that's another channel that's just going to hopefully blow this up even further than it already is as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we had a call last week. Like, I'm doing all this name dropping, but I'm not doing it intentionally. But, we had a call, <laughs> you know, we had this call last week with Princess Anne, you know, like a Zoom call, and had the conversation about this project because she wants to help. And we spoke about if we do this and we achieve it, this is a great template for other places in the country. And it is, you know, those, those great... Um, football organisations that operate across the whole of Scotland, many of whom who are charities now, you know, that are looking for a building, are looking for a community hub. This is a potential, a potential um, 
template that could be set here, you know, uh, yeah. for the years to come. I mean, one of the things I spoke to him about that I never realised is you look at the floodlighting that's going to be at this facility. So if you think about floodlighting in a, um, an environmental context, it'll be, it'll be LED lighting, um, yeah. which is a little bit more expensive than your normal floodlighting to start with. But the longer term cost of it is far, far cheaper. But if you're, if you're having a game, say, with Manchester City playing Man United under LED floodlighting, it needs to be at three, 300 lux. Uh, the actual um, output needs to be at 300 lux. But if you're having a normal training session, a community training session, it could be sitting at 100 lux. There's yeah. not a lot of difference, but to professionals there is. Yeah. Whereas what we're going to have at this site is we're going to have this new type of floodlighting where it's not just going to be that it's going to be on a on a dimmer switch almost that you, that you can turn up and down so okay. let's say if you've got an under 18s game that are, you know maybe dundee or dundee united want to use the park one night to do like a you know um one of their games there then we turn the lights up if we want to have the community training or just you know the normal games we turn yeah. the lights down simple yeah. things like that that just aren't there just now for people but this will all set templates for that no exactly um, you were saying you were, you were on a call with Princess Anne, which is pretty, pretty amazing as well. She, how you say she, you say she's very on board with this, very, very much wants yeah. to be involved. Yeah, I mean, you don't actually appreciate until you work with somebody like that how many charities that they're actually helping, and there is a considerable mm-hmm. amount. And there's there's obviously discussions on that call about other forms of charities that she's involved in, and that um, her daughter's involved in as well. And you know, it. it it does bring it into context and um, the fact that you have somebody like that on board and the people that are involved in the charity as well, you know, there's a lot of people there that are very experienced in business and have done extremely well and, but they all have a genuine interest to help, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so even getting those people on board, even getting Zero Waste Scotland on board, as I say, and putting their weight, um, you know, in this project and giving us a consultant effectively that kind of works yeah. with us on a regular basis is a massive massive thing you know because it is yeah. a it is one of those areas that's that is still quite complicated for a lot for a lot of people so mm-hmm. um so to have all that is just great you know mm-hmm. would you say because of the area it's, it's, it's very difficult having that as the first place to do this kind of thing is just is is even even more of a statement to be able to do them in in other places that might not struggle as much if you see what yeah. i mean yeah but i think i think what it does it sets an important message again for sport really that yeah. sport cannot be exclusive you know sport was no. never meant to be about how much you could pay to go and access it and take part in it that's not what sport should should ever be about um it should be about everybody you know and it's it's about those young people in that area who probably already play football, you know, and, and and that's one of the great things about football clubs. And, and very often, I mean, I've been involved in charity work for years. I've done it at local and national level. And one of the things I always emphasise, and I go back to, is that community sport model that it's essentially run by volunteers. Well, it is run by volunteers. Uh-huh. It's run at very low budgets. Hundreds of young people go through it. They get so many benefits, often which we don't measure. Because you don't you don't want to put that pressure on clubs to have to do that, um, mm-hmm. but there's incredible amounts of good things that happen in local areas. Because every Sunday or Tuesday or Wednesday night when the, the kids are training, 
they're getting so much out of that. It isn't just about the fitness aspects of it. It's the fact that they're part of something as they grow up. And these don't, you know, usually these, none of these organizations have barriers in front of them. So it's great, you know, but we still need to learn more how we can take that further forward because there are mm. kids that still don't engage with it, whether it's because of behavioral issues or whatever it happens to be. So, but I think that's what's good about sport now. It's, it's, it isn't just about sport. There's actually a realization that it can do so much more. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, have you had people, have you had, well, you, you say that it's done very well, especially, especially on things like Facebook. Um, but maybe in the future, do you think getting the kids involved would be a problem? Have you had issues no, with that before? Or? No, no, never. Because one of the things that I've, on, I've always learned about these type of projects, and I think it goes back to models like at Edinburgh Spartans, who are very good at this, yeah. is that yeah. you, engage, you engage the community before they get there. You don't impose it on them. So we've already done that. You know, yeah. We're already in schools working. We're, we're already working with young people. We're, we're making sure that we're working with the local teams in the area, so there's no kind of, you know, we're we are here, we've suddenly got this place and you're going to have to come and hire it type thing. That's not what it's about, you know. No. It's about, it's about the, you know, the whole area. So we've done a lot of work prior to this about speaking to people. And then, interestingly, ourselves and our growth FC Community Trust are likely to put a post in the, in, in the area that will do a lot of the kind of early kind of footwork, really, groundwork, to, to increase those partnerships and opportunities for young people. So, um, and that post will work in schools. And by the time the, the building doors open, there'll be all opportunities for volunteering, potentially employment for some of those young people that we've been working with yeah. um, as well. So that's, that's the whole ethos of it. It's, it, it, you know, don't impose things on people and make sure the community are part of it before you open your doors. Otherwise, you will end up with difficulties because you will end up with those, you know, situations where it's a them and us thing and that's not what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you said there about opening the doors. Um, in the, do, you have a, do you have a goal? Do you have a, you have a day that you, you'd like? Um, uh, obviously, that's financial yeah. plan has to go through. But. Hopefully, all going well, I would say about two years being realistic okay. um, because you have to be realistic that, yeah. you know, yeah. Once you've secured funding, which we're, in, um, you know, we're very confident that we're going to do, then um, you always look for a couple of years just to make sure that everything's, particularly with the nature of the build, it's, it's brand new, you know, it's even putting a 3G surface down from the start to the end will, will take you four months minimum, you know, wow. um, you've got weather factors and all these things as well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think two years to be realistic, it, it's, but there'll be everything happening around it as the building goes up. So it won't just be people looking out the window, looking at something. There'll, there'll be engagement already. And interestingly, already, um, Arbroath FC, again, through their community trust, have been in touch and said, listen, do you think we could use the park as it is just now uh, to, to put our, you know, to put some of our uh, football, um, uh, football community classes there? Uh -huh, yeah. We've agreed to do so. Before the building even goes up, the park that wasn't getting used is now getting used. So, mm. you know, there'll be this gradual build up to this exciting opening of the doors. And we'll be in schools around the area doing that work. And the post that I spoke about will be based in one of those schools. Yeah. So there isn't this kind of, we're going to do this and then it'll go quiet. 
it'll get bigger. And, you know, John Farmworth yeah. involving himself with the community later this month will be another in indication of what's coming. Yeah. No, that, no that's, I, I'd say that's most important to, to keep the ball rolling even while, built, while construction is going on. Yeah, totally. On the construction, I think, uh, I think a lot of people would like to know, a, if you can, a little bit of the science behind it. The, what, what's going into this building that, that's making it so innovative, so such a new, potentially changing yeah. idea, you know? I think in a traditional sense, buildings were very often, you know, sports centres, I think we've all seen them, haven't we, where the sports centre has a certain look about it, it has a certain material used in it. Yeah. Um, whereas if you look at this centre, and I'm just scrubbing my way through here because I actually got um, some really good animation sent to me by the architect, but one mm -hmm. of them in particular has quite an interesting take on the different elements that are used in it. So if I give you some examples, you know, uh, things, simple things like recycled paint. So the paint isn't okay. new. Um, the, the, the use of uh, things like a product called K-Brick, um, which is a, a basically a recycled brick. Um, the use of reclaimed timber, as an example, again, for the main areas around it. Um, recycled plastic in the, for the roads, um, low, what are termed low carbon slabbing that's used in the yeah. parking areas. Um, even, you know, it, there's just even the use of natural timber, which is quite unusual still uh, mm -hmm. for things like flooring, the beams. Uh, there's a thing called glue lamb you can get again, which again is okay. how the building's actually done. And then Things around natural lighting, you know, LED lighting, solar panels, air source, heat pumps and solar uh, thermal on the roof, which again are, are things that, that have been used in builds, but not throughout the whole building. So very often what you find is you'll see new buildings go up that have elements of these things in it. But the task here is to try and see, can we make it almost completely recycled? Um and that's the task. And it, and it isn't just about the build now, it's about how it runs through. So because it becomes sustainable, it means that there's an opportunity for us as an organisation, certainly, to, to allow less, less cost, less revenue cost. You know, if it's one paying as much on electricity, we're not paying as much on water. Um, that then means we can put those those income streams back into the work that we do because it's non for profit. So the less money that you spend out, the more that you can invest back into the community. No, exactly. Yeah. Was the was the plan always always to do this, or was it? Um, you know, no, did, did, did the community come first, and then you had the building, and then you decided to um, to make it yeah. like that. We always had a plan about doing something at Seaton Park, um, but the opportunity really took off with the meeting last year. It's something that I had never thought about, I guess, and when it was presented to me, I thought it, it made perfect sense. And it, it just allowed all the learnings that we've had as a charity over the past few years, whether that was around dance or 
football or VR or whatever it is that we've done, we've always tried to make it accessible. Mm -hmm. We've all to try, we've tried to use all those things as tools. So it's say we're engaging the young people that are disengaging the society or school or what, whatever it happens to be. We've taken all those learnings and then we've taken it into this building to make sure that what we produce isn't just about isn't just about the community benefit, but it's about the long-term sustainability of things. Mm -hmm. No, that's uh, that's fantastic. I think it's a, I think it's a, a, a great idea, and I think it's really going to make a huge difference in the UK, especially. Um, and the, I think the main thing I've I've taken from doing my research on this is the community, but also. With, about where you're starting this you know in in the kind of place you're starting this is just i just think is a huge opportunity for for it to kick on and and grow throughout the uk yeah totally yeah yeah and i think that's you know that's one of the conversations that we've had in the meetings that we've had with the chaffinch trust is that they see this as something that once it's built and once it's up why don't we do it elsewhere you know mm -hmm. no fantastic um I think that's everything I wanted to ask. Really, I'm sorry. Sorry, I took a bit more of your time than I said. No, no, it's um, okay. It's fine. Don't worry. It's fine. Uh, but it's been it's been fantastic talking to you, and I hope I hope everything goes well with that, and I hope that you're also you're also keeping well in in our tough times as well. So. Oh no, I'm fine. <laughs> I was in the police for thirty years as well, so um, oh, there you chaos go, and chaos and everything else is quite a normal thing for me. Actually, not so. I'm sure, yeah. Um, but no, I. I I mean, hopefully we're coming out, coming out the end of it now. Particularly for my son, he's fourteen, so he's wow. dying to get back to his football. You know, he's absolutely yeah. bursting the gut to get back to his football. So he would. Is, it, is, is he is he ready to kick on when when you open the doors as well? Yeah, 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 totally. I, I mean, he's been. I mean, again, this is one of the good things about football. You know, his coach has been giving them all the different exercises to do at home or whatever. But they're now working yeah. towards a half marathon. So he's out okay. there doing twenty. I think it's a twenty-two k a week he does in running uh, alone um, and that's something that he's just taking upon himself to do so again it, it keeps all that fitness up you know it, it's about a target and I think it's only about another week or so where they can start to do training again you know where, they can, yeah. where they're allowed to do uh, albeit distanced but it's still and that thing is really important because the only contact that he has with his mates is through his Xbox you know as they yeah. all do so yeah. That's you know that's the next thing getting back and then the schools go back and then yeah hopefully they get back to normality again you know because yeah I think we've all had enough now you know <laughs> no I, I definitely think so yeah uh, are they are they going to be allowing sports in the schools when, well, when you go back I, I don't know I mean the when he was back the last time because he's doing PE as one of his subjects uh -huh. and they were allowed to do it outdoors certainly but not okay. indoors um, but hopefully that'll change. Fairly soon. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think once they see the result, I think the whole point is they're waiting for the results of the vaccine, which seems to be very positive, doesn't it? So yeah. that's the whole yeah. point, isn't it? Unfortunately, I don't think any of us are going to get rid of COVID. I think whatever we'd want to do, it, it's like everything else now, it's here. So yeah. it's how we mitigate what happens to people that get it is the key mm -hmm. factor. And that seems to be working. So Yeah. Well, there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. So Totally, totally. If and then... For me and him, although we're long-suffering Dundee supporters, you know, um, uh, we still want to get back to the game and enjoy watching Dundee getting beat and not just watching them on <laughs> live streams from all over the world because it yeah. just isn't the same, is it? 
you know, no, no, definitely not. Not the same. Um, sure. If the you, you say about two years, hopefully two years, you know, if, uh, with a realistic target. If it yeah. was just purely out of random interest, if it was able to open its doors in the time we live in today, would it would it would the opening doors have to be postponed? I presume. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've been in our Dundee building. We've been open and closed and open and closed. You know, yeah. um, we're closed just now, although technically we're open because. Quite interestingly, this next four weeks, we've got a project we're doing with one of the sports hubs in Dundee. And it, again, it's all being done online, but it's in partnership with the Princess Trust. So uh-huh. there's about 16 young people, 16, 17-year-olds that are going through it. Um, they get a week with us around kind of tech side of things. You know, uh, Abertay Uni are involved in that as well with their computing gaming courses and so forth. And then the next week they go down to, well, they virtually go down to Fairfield Sports Hub and they do a week with them, they get their SFA qualifications and um, other sports okay. qualifications as well. So, yeah, there is still stuff happening, you know. It's just it's just not the same, though. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the sooner we can all get back to it, which I'm hoping another month and a half, the building will be back open again, even if it's just youth football that's in initially, um, then so be it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apart from the, the actual building itself, the... The way the building is, what 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 are going to be the differences between this new one being built and your Dundee asset already? Well, this one we'll own it, <laughs> yeah. which is the good thing. Yeah. So we haven't got the same revenue overheads in Dundee. We rent the spaces that we're in, yeah. Um, but predominantly, the the theory is still the same, you know. And I think it's it's a really important one that somebody pointed out to me years ago was that um, again going back to the you know the boys' football teams. Very often, when people grow up in areas that they struggle in and, you know, there are social issues there. They're very often kind of almost brought up in this culture of dealing with um, statutory agencies, you know. So they have to walk into a building. As soon as they walk into that building, it almost identifies them as having a problem, you know, like a social work building or something like that. With these type of hubs, anybody can be walking into that building. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody knows why you're there. Nobody knows why you're doing what you're doing. So that that takes away the whole stigma for them. Mm-hmm. So they might be in there because they're not engaging properly in school or they're struggling with attainment or whatever it happens to be, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's that to me is the key factors in it, I think. No, I mean, as you as you said before, sport is, the whole point of sport is all inclusive. Yes, you know, it's, yes. There's no, there's no reason to exclude anyone for... No, for reasons outside of outside of anything, really. Yeah. You know, that, I think it if, comes back again. If you look at the pandemic stuff, what in the past year they're already producing figures now showing the links with you know serious COVID complications and obesity, and you know there is this trend coming down the line. I have no doubt about healthy eating and everything else, but that needs to be balanced with a realisation that there are many people still in areas who cannot access the basics of keep themselves fit yeah. unless they can afford a gym membership or whatever it happens to be. So exactly, yeah. uh, that also needs to be addressed. You know, that that needs to be taken away. Yeah. Do you think in a way that because we've been deprived of being able to go out and do things sport-wise over this last year, I would, I would hope there'd be an a big boom when we're oh, allowed yeah. to, that, that, totally, that people yeah. just come flooding in. 
I mean, I saw that in uh, golf in particular, you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I played golf for years and I introduced my son to it last year. And, you know, two, two years ago, golf courses membership was down to about half and hardly anybody was playing it. And it was very much a, an older person's game. Yeah. You look at you, you look at the last year because people were able to access golf and play it. Um, mm-hmm. There are more kids playing golf. Uh, memberships are full. Uh, you know, it's and I think that's an in, indication that some of these clubs as well kind of opened their doors to people and went, you know what, we don't expect you to pay this. Maybe if you pay that, or maybe just come along to sessions. And um, I think all these sports eventually have had to realise that. They need to provide access to, to everybody, not just a small elite who can afford things. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I, I really think it'll. And I, I agree with you. I'm hoping a month and a half, maybe, and we'll we'll start getting back to a little bit more normality. But yeah, yeah I'm really hoping people people um, kick on with with keeping themselves healthy, and just yeah. and just getting getting involved in the community because we've not been able to do it for so long. I think. No. Totally. I think a lot of through this a lot. You you. I'm sure you'll agree. Through this, I think people have really realised the value of community. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think we've, we've gone for many years with um, not 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 even knowing who our next door neighbour is at times. You know, to um, suddenly realising that it's, there's a lot bit more to life than just things of value. You know, and so uh, I think that's been a realisation for realisation for everybody. I think, but hopefully we can continue that on, and hopefully. I wouldn't be controversial here, but I'm saying hopefully some of the sports bodies can realise that as well. You know that um, there is a, a lot more sport than just the sport itself. You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. I think. Um, I, th- I think they will realise that as well, just because of what everyone has been through as a whole. You know, it's not. It's, yeah. it's been. It's been communities have had have struggled by themselves, but it's rare that a nation as a whole we struggle together. Um, yes. And, and we have done in the past year. So I, th- I think that's been, obviously, it's been horrible in many, many ways. But I think once we come out of it, there will be beneficial parts to it. Yeah, totally. totally. Um, so I, I agree with you. I'm hoping it's a month and a half. But, you know, the, the, the idea of everything going back to normal on the 21st of June scares me a little bit. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's that. I think the problem has been, you know, it, it probably comes back to my years of working in risk and being exposed to things every day that, you know, probably in, in the lunch that people were never exposed to in the whole of their lives is that, you know, life carries risk about it. And as soon as you walk out your front door, you know, you could, yeah. anything could happen. And I think because we've been so focused on one thing, we've actually lost that context that actually life is risky, you know, and if you don't take those risks sometimes, then who knows what you expose yourself to, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, I think common sense prevails. I think we realise that things like this will come along again, you know? Yeah. Is this the best right. way to approach it by locking everybody in their houses? I'm not too sure about that myself. I'm no. not a sceptic either, but I'm just no. not too sure when I see some of the collateral, you know, the collateral damage that's happened as a result. That And now what we need to do is roll our sleeves up and go, right, that's it. We've done it. We've we brought these vaccines in, all this stuff. Right, what's next? How do we sort yeah. it out? Yeah, that's a bit that we are concentrating on anyway. So. Uh huh. You said you were in the in the police for a number of years, weren't you? Yeah. Um, have you always been involved in this 
in, in, in sport as well, or, or was it come yeah, out of the no, police? No, I, I, to make yeah. it no I, I played rugby when I was younger, um, played at a decent level, uh, played football, played pretty much any sport under the sun, really. I was a sprinter yeah. as well. Um, and then when I joined the police, I joined quite young, I was only 18. So, um, But it was through the police I got my introduction to the model of community safety and community work. Um, and from that, I, I got involved in the charity sector as well. So I was quite fortunate, you know. Um, and I retired from the police at 48, you know, and I wasn't going to stop working. So I had these other things in the background that I've continued to do, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a lot of it is common sense. Um, a lot of the things that we are doing just now through the charity work and other things are common sense. And it's just about bringing people on board with it, you know. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're hoping to do here. And surely that's sometimes, at least, easier said than done, getting people on board with these things. It is, but there's a way of doing it. You know, sometimes you have to learn the techniques of how to get through the, you know, get through the walls, get through the processes, get through the, the red tape. And that's what I'm pretty good at, you know. And yeah. it's not for myself, I'm doing it, I'm doing it for other people. So um, that's the biggest thing of all. And the biggest buzz that you get out of this is, I'm sure football coaches do as well, is when you see these kids just enjoying themselves. You uh-huh. know, that's the biggest buzz. You know, we can do all this stuff and get the money and get it and get the doors open and it's all that. The bottom line is it's those one or two kids who probably will get massive amounts out of this that they were never going to get before because that building wouldn't have been there. Yeah. Um, now when they open their window and they go out and go and play football, they can go and use the VR, they can go and get involved in some of the other activities that we're doing. Uh-huh. It's just suddenly set their life down a different path. Yeah. What I've never I've never actually used one of those VR things. They're brilliant. You, uh, They're brilliant. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've gone we've gone further than that. You know, we've got like um, uh, uh, treadmills. You know, VR treadmills where people can physically run and jog and walk inside a game. You know, we've got driving simulators. We've got robots um, that allow you to learn about engineering and um, actually uh, have got facial recognition, so they. So they get to know you and understand your habits. It's, it's all very kind of Terminator stuff, you know, but um, <laughs> at the same point, it's actually the reality is when you look at a, a normal Amazon warehouse, you know, yeah. uh, half the staff are robots now, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, but there are other industries within that that are, that are clearly emerging that kids in these areas would never get within 10 feet of, you know. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at, you know, bringing it, bringing the whole society closer together. I'm thinking mm-hmm. a bit like, you know, like in a socialist art on here, but it is very much about it's a level playing field. And that's the one yeah. thing with this virus. It's not been, you know, it doesn't matter who you are when it hits you, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you've got, or how little money you've got, but there's definitely something there about health inequality and poverty because it's hit them the hardest. Yeah. No, as, as I said earlier, having having various things in your one in your one facility yeah it just even even if people looking looking at it from the outside sorry you can they can see that it's meant to be all inclusive that it is a level playing level playing field because of what's available in that facility yes correct yeah so, yeah brilliant well well it's been it's been very nice to chat to you but about not just your facility, but uh, everything else in general as well. So, Okay, no problem. Thank you, Thank you very much for your time, Fergus. Anytime. And that brings to an end today's episode. We'd like to thank our host, Ross, 
our guest Fergus, who gave us a fascinating insight into their plans and everybody involved in the production of this edition. Stay tuned for more interviews, podcasts and other pieces coming soon on YFS Radio.